Hello and welcome to part three of New Voices, a three-part podcast series from Fourth Estate Books. Each podcast will address a step in a writer's journey, from the writing process to getting an agent to getting published. We hope this will be an illuminating window into the world of writing and publishing. This podcast is a happy offshoot from the Guardian Fourth Estate Short Story Prize, a competition open exclusively to writers from a black, Asian and minority ethnic background. The prize opened in February this year and we whittled down the entries to a stellar shortlist of six incredible writers, two of whom are sitting with me today. We wanted to feature aspiring authors in this podcast so that they can ask the questions many of you are wrestling with at home. And I'm here from inside the industry to offer some clarity and expertise. My name is Anna Kelly and I'm a commissioning editor at Fourth Estate in London, which means that I read a lot and help to choose a list of books for Fourth Estate to publish. I also edit the books and play a key part in how the books are published and presented to the world. Joining me today are Lisa Smith and Henry Wong, two of the writers shortlisted for this year's Guardian Fourth Estate BAME Short Story Prize. I hope that today I'll be able to help answer any questions that Lisa and Henry have about what happens when an agent sells a writer's first book to a publisher and what the next steps are for the writer and what an editor does. So, Lisa, do you want to start us off? Have you got a question? Well, yeah, I'd like to know, um, how does an editor decide whether or not to take on a book, particularly if it's a book by a new writer? Okay, so often the books that I'm getting are coming from an agent. And the most important thing is when I read a manuscript, it sounds obvious, but if I love it, that's, for me, that's one of the most important factors and that's where it all starts. There are obviously different types of publishing and some editors will be making their decisions in slightly different ways depending on how commercial imprint it is. Often in the more literary imprints, you have perhaps to a certain degree, you can be even more kind of responding to your passion and to how you feel about the manuscript. But I would say the first thing is that feeling about the words on the page and um, thinking that this is a book that you want to tell everyone about, you want to get your friends to read, you want to get people you're not friends with to read. But then from there, beyond that initial very personal response, there are also all the practical decisions. So if I love a book, I talk first of all to my editorial colleagues about it and get them to read it. And if we then all agree that it's something worth bringing forward, then I take it to what's called our acquisitions meeting, which is where we all discuss uh, books to for the imprint to acquire. And at that meeting, you would have our sales team, marketing team, people from finance. And at that point, we discuss how would we publish this book? What's the ideal scenario that we see for this book? So if this book were to work in exactly the way we want it to work, what would happen? What prizes might it win? What might be the risks associated with this book? Are there other books that have been published that perhaps are similar to this book? How did they perform? So we talk about all the quite practical business side of the the publication, as well as talk about you know the editor has to pitch the book and say why they love it and how they see it and then at that point there's also the less glamorous side which is putting all the numbers into a spreadsheet with finance team and trying to make sure that this is actually a book that works from a business perspective and if all of those things work out then you are really really happy because at that point then you go to the agent and say yes I can make an offer and that that feeling is really really good and I would say that in an imprint like Fourth Estate usually if the passion is there from the editor that helps to steer all the other things into place. You know, it's it's not very common that you have a book that you love and someone's just saying, no, the spreadsheet says no. But I think depending on the kind of imprint that you're working in, there may be people for whom that happens more often. But that's basically how it all works. 
I had no idea. It was such a massive team. <laughs> um, well, one thing also to say is that HarperCollins is obviously a big publisher. Say if you were to have sent your book to a tiny independent publisher, they probably have very different ways of deciding how to buy a book. And it may well be that there are fewer steps to go through and which can sometimes mean that they have the advantage in that they can probably be a little bit faster and more agile in, in the way that they acquire books. Um, so different publishers do do things in different ways. But this process that I've just described is probably roughly for the same for the big groups like Penguin Random House and HarperCollins mm-hmm. and Hachette and so on. Right, I see. How long does that process normally last? So it depends because sometimes you do have to be really fast. So... Sometimes there are books that an agent has sent out and sometimes people read overnight and you can make what's called a preempt, which is where you try to offer for the book first before any of the other editors have had a chance to offer and try to sweep it off the table. So that's what you do if you're really confident about something and really passionate about something. And doing that, you don't really have time for other people to read and to have a big meeting. So right. so that kind of thing can happen within 24 hours of a book being sent out or you know a couple of days. But if things are happening at a more ordinary pace, then I think if an agent has sent out a novel, then usually you would want to do all of those stages within a week and then offer within a week. Often it takes a lot longer, but that's a sort of ideal scenario. So a manuscript just landed on your desk from a new writer. I mean, what actually makes you want to turn the page? Because as aspiring writers, you're always told the first sentence has got to really count for as much as possible and you kind of but I'm just intrigued to find out from your point of view, how important is that first page or are you prepared to give it I don't know, four chapters or something? (laughs) Uh, That's a really good question because it's really important to think about. I find that with me personally, if I'm going to be completely honest, the amount of time that I give to a manuscript depends on the time of year that it lands on my desk because there are certain times, uh, particularly around the book fairs, so the London book fair, which happens in spring, and then the uh, Frankfurt book fair, which happens in October, And around those times, the volume of submissions that an editor gets is so massive. And you're trying to, you don't want to miss anything and you want to give every manuscript a chance, which means that actually I probably don't spend as long reading those manuscripts that come at that time of year as I might do, for example, in summer when things slow down a bit. Because there are just so many that if I try to read all of each one, you know, I'm just not going to get anywhere. So I end up with those ones having to be quite ruthless which can feel really hard um I think the first sentence and the first page are important I think for me there's something about a writer's style that is what I'm responding to first of all when I read those opening paragraphs if I feel that someone is using words in a way that feels really really original I think that's what really grabs me because I I think that's what you notice as an editor that when you read a lot of manuscripts so many begin to seem very very much like one another Mm -hmm. and it almost becomes difficult to remember which was which you know I go back to my Kindle and I'll go back to this novel that I started last night and I think oh god was that the one about or (laughs) you know they they, and so as soon as you get something that feels confident and fresh and different that really really stands out and that's always when I sort of prick up my ears uh, so to speak or you know really get focused and think oh god this could be something good and then that is the best feeling when you think oh this is going to be good. And then you think, oh, God, please stay good. You know, <laughs> please don't, you know, um, fall apart. Although even if something does fall apart halfway through, that, that doesn't always mean that you can't that you can't do it because you can obviously hopefully help with editing. Right. Is that quite a, like, I'm interested to know how much during that process you're in contact with the author. Say you like the beginning, like the first few chapters, and you're like, okay, to sell this, I'll really have to change this bit later on. 
presumably you'll go back to the author then and say, could you make these changes? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually in a, in a process a little bit like this at the moment, whereby an agent sent me an awful lot a few months ago, and she also sent it to quite a few other editors. And I read it and I thought there's really, really something here, but it didn't at all feel ready to publish to me. In fact, it didn't even feel ready for me to buy it at that point because I knew that if I showed it to my colleagues, it just felt so unfinished. But I, I felt there was so, something so exciting and different there. So at that, in that situation, I went back to the agent and explained my feelings and she was very happy for me to then uh, be in touch with the author and um, send notes and edits. Right. And I've, I, I, so I did a couple of edits with her um, and really excitingly, I'm now at the stage where I've actually just made an offer for the book and... Um, I'm going to carry on doing some work on it, but it's it's really nice when, you know, you feel that something isn't quite ready at the time when you first mm-hmm. see it, but mm-hmm. you can... But some agents, different agents feel differently about that because some agents might feel, well, why should my author put in this work without a firm commitment from you at this stage? But I think most people probably would, would understand that situation and be willing for you to do the work on the understanding that you're probably then going to make an offer. And do you get manuscripts from different agents or own specific agents that you work with or is it just across the board? I get them from quite a wide array. There there are some there are some agents whose taste I really, really love and admire. So there are some agents who if they send me a book I immediately get really excited and think, you know, this person only takes on very few books and they're always really good, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. instantly kind of prioritise it. Um but I get I get I get books from a, a lot of different agents and I try to I try to stay in touch with a lot of different agents because that there's such a range of what people are finding and mm. i mean i i i as an editor i feel so grateful for the fact that there are agents because they are so they're so tireless in going out and and finding writers and that makes me able to do my job with so much more ease then there also you know occasionally i will also try to find stuff myself but I always personally think I'm not as good as agents for doing that so I'm always grateful that they're they're out there and working really hard and finding people. I know we talked about style and things that you notice when you first get something but I'm wondering in terms of you always hear about trends and fiction and things um if something fits a trend and you're reading it and you think yeah this is quite well written are you more likely to take it because you can see it already being sold? Well Trend is an interesting word in this context. I mean, I'm definitely, when I read something, I'm definitely looking for things that I can sell because that's, you know, that's the point. We're looking for books that we hope lots of people will want to read. And that said, I I have taken on a few books that I know are tougher sales, but things that I'm really, really passionate about and think are worth, worth publishing and that I'm really proud to publish. But I'm always looking, as well as looking for the quality of writing, I'm also always looking for books that I think... I think have commercial potential that I think can win prizes, but also that I can imagine pitching to our sales team and in turn can imagine how they would pitch it to the booksellers. But trends is interesting because I suppose I think of myself as a literary editor, so I would never want to think of myself as publishing books that follow trends or that answer trends. But I think at the same time, I think that all of us are absorbing trends unconsciously as well as consciously acknowledging Mm -hmm. them so I think that sometimes if I read a manuscript and I think oh I can really imagine people loving this or I can really imagine Waterstones loving it 
then part of that might well be to do with the fact that, you know, I think, oh, this is so this is so relevant and current and, you know, it's such a hot topic. But another way of describing that from an external angle might be, well, she's responding to a trend. If, mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So it may be that I'm, I assume I'm often responding to trends in the way I commission, but maybe I just don't like to think that I am. Yeah. But also I think that editors commissioning for much more commercial lists would be much more openly looking for books to hit those certain trends. You've talked about um, about the things, you know, when you get a new manuscript and the things that you like about it. What are the common mistakes that people make? What things really turn you off um, when, you, when it lands on your desk? I think for me, one of the very obvious things that would turn me off in the first page is if there was a lot of cliched writing, right. um, which, you know, in itself is a cliche to say, but, and you, as kind of aspiring writers, you will have heard this so many times, but I think when you start reading a manuscript and a writer is using those phrases that you've heard so many times before, you know, his heart was pounding, um, all that kind of thing. I just instantly think this may well be something that someone else could publish and do really well with, but this isn't the kind of writing that I find exciting or new. I I like something where I, I read someone's work and they make me actually see something. And I think the problem with a sentence like, his heart is pounding is that because you've read that so many times you don't see or feel anything you're just desensitized to it and when you read a whole manuscript then written in that kind of hackneyed language you don't get anything from it because it's so hackneyed it's it's not doing anything to you anymore so that and another thing that makes me feel it's, it's not necessarily a problem that can't be sorted out in an edit but I feel that when a writer doesn't seem to be in control of the perspective from which they are writing that's sometimes a little bit of a danger signal to me because Mm -hmm. it can be sorted out in an edit but it makes me feel as a reader that I'm not necessarily in completely confident hands of the writer so you know that thing where a novel will be in a character's perspective not necessarily in the first person it could be the third person but you very much know whose perspective you're in and then suddenly a completely different character will walk through the door and, and the novel will tell you what that other character, yeah, that new character, see, yes. and then it goes back to the, and it just feels as though because it can be that perspective. You know, some novels are from the perspective of multiple characters, mm-hmm. and you can have a sort of omniscient perspective, which is everywhere. But if it's if it feels as though the author doesn't actually know what they're doing or hasn't actually thought about that, then that always feels to me as though I'm slightly uncertain of their confidence. Right. It's not something that can't be worked on, sure. but. I think that thing of feeling like you're in good hands when, yes. you're, when you're reading a manuscript yeah. is really important. You want to, you want to have that feeling that you're being transported by the manuscript and that you're not seeing all the cogs turning and you're not seeing the writer thinking and trying. You, you just want them to be doing it to you rather than yeah. you thinking, what are they trying to do? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What is the um, editing process like? Because I was listening to Open Book yesterday and they were talking about how. Um, there's like this myth going around that books aren't edited enough anymore and they were saying that they're a bit confused about it there's an editor on um and i was wondering if an author is really sort of are they ever like stubborn about their work and they say no i want it like this is it like lots of sort of negotiating what's that sort of like the ideal author for you? <laughs> um yes there is there is often quite a lot of negotiating but actually, a lot of the writers I've worked with recently are very responsive. I have also in the past worked with authors who were much more resistant to editing. And that can be really 
difficult. I think... What sort of things are you editing, though? Is it, like, plot points or sort of style? Are you saying, this is too descriptive? Or what do people sort of... Think? So there are different edits, usually. So say if I take on a novel, usually what I would do first is the structural editing. So that will be the, essentially, in a way, that the plot, the characters, the arc. And that's that's really the macro the macro editing. So, you know, it might be that... I don't know, the whole second half needs to be reworked or this whole character doesn't work. Can you express this part of the novel a different way without this character or the ending doesn't work or, you know, that kind of thing. The really big structural things, moving things around, putting things in different order, you know, increasing or decreasing the pace. So that's one stage. And then usually for me in a separate stage, I do the line editing. So that's at the point at which I would say... Um, the more micro things like this sentence is really confusing this sentence is too long there are too many clauses here Mm -hmm. there are too many adverbs here this this is too descriptive this doesn't work and then finally after I've done all the edits that I want to do then comes the copy edit which is done by someone separate to me and that's the stage of really sorting out anything like grammar punctuation spelling all of those things and also consistency so the copy editor will usually be quite good at spotting things like so at this point in the novel it's a Sunday but the character has just gone to the post office so would the post office be open on Sunday that (laughs) kind of that that kind of thing that actually I think copy editors are are amazing because it can be because also sometimes they're juggling so many different things when you know especially if it's a big novel so they do that and then the final stage is um it will go through a proofread as well to pick up anything that's Mm. just been missed but yeah, it's it's very interesting. Obviously, editing is a very subjective act. And if you gave a novel to three different editors, no doubt they would come back with three different edits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always try to think of it as when I'm doing an edit on a book that I'm trying to help the writer achieve the best possible version of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I try not to think of it as myself getting too involved or, you know, try not to think of it as me putting my mark on something, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, I try yeah. to think of it as me invisibly helping the writer do what they were trying to do with the book in the first place. But obviously it can be quite sensitive. Um, you have to be as constructive as you can at all points. Often I try to express my edits in the form of questions. So instead of saying, oh, this is also maybe just a kind of English politeness. (laughs) Instead of just saying, no, that's rubbish, that doesn't work. I try to say, I wonder if it would work better to do X. (laughs) Um, But also because it is quite an organic process and you don't tend to read a manuscript and think, no, that's wrong, the answer is X. It's Mm -hmm. more that you read it and you think there's a question here. Is there a better way of saying this? does it make sense that this character has said this when actually she's also said this? So I, I think in a way the whole editing process is a bit like asking questions and in, and in the end the questions are for the author to answer rather than for the editor, but you can help them try to come to the answers. Do you also kind of have to step in and stop the author from fiddling? Because I think my problem is I keep fiddling and fiddling and fiddling right. with, a, with, with, with something because you think, oh, can't it be better, better like this or like that? And yeah, I really sympathise with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm similar to that I think I think the fiddling is fine as long as when you get to the proof stage that's the point at which <laughs> at which you have to let go because after the copy editor has copy edited the book then the copy edited manuscript goes to the typesetter and that's when they typeset it and you know when the when the text is it's sort of organized into that that beautiful looking block rather than the sort of Microsoft Word 
document and then the author sees the proofs at that point at the same time as the proofreader so the the author does have the opportunity then to make changes and those are then taken in together with the proofreaders changes but then after that (laughs) it's it's generally required to to start because there's also i mean but there's that interesting thing isn't it obviously in a sense you could argue that a book is never finished or you know (laughs) an author could walk into a bookshop and see their book and think oh god i wish i'd phrased that differently or you know that 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 sentence was never quite right but i think for your own sanity it's probably good at some point (laughs) someone say enough to to step away and yeah yeah. what part excites you most about the whole process i love that moment when i've read something and i've read it on my own and then i get to talk to the writer about what i saw in their book and why they wrote it and how they wrote it um i think for me this maybe sounds a bit sentimental and cheesy but being able to actually work with writers as people is one of the things that I just find absolutely fascinating and so rewarding about being an editor I I recently took on um an author who I've admired for quite a long time from a distance she's um, a Mexican writer who's written a couple of novels and then she's now written this this new novel that I'm so excited I'm I'm going to be the one to publish it but what was just really amazing for me, apart from the process of reading this manuscript, which is just this absolutely phenomenal novel, and she's she's one of the most exciting writers in the world at the moment, I think. But what was so great was after I um, read the book and wrote to her agent and we agreed that I would be lucky enough to publish it, she wrote me this most amazing email in response to the email that I'd written about her book, all about the ideas that had fed into this book and picking up on a few of the things that I'd said to her about the novel. And I just felt so incredibly privileged to have this quite long, very, very thoughtful, very passionate email from this writer that gave me an even deeper insight into the way she writes her books. But also, to me, just felt so precious because that's that was an email that was just sent only to me and that I feel... Mm. I mean, it's an interesting question for our time of like digital ele- communication because if this was 100 years ago, I would obviously have you know put that into my archives to keep for posterity but now i just think God, I, have, I have to print that email out which is obviously moving a dinosaur or yes screen, yeah. screenshot or um put it in some digital archive because it's just really special and that is just such a privilege i think for me that, yeah. that feeling um i was wondering as a first time writer um is it best to approach an editor with an agent or do you accept just people without an agent so I would say that for big publishers like HarperCollins, it will probably be easier for you to get your books seen by an editor if you have an agent. It's been the line for the past few years that most publishing houses probably won't have time to read your manuscript unless it comes through an agent, just because there's so, so many, many manuscripts that sifting through all of the ones without agents as well as the ones from an agent just makes it all too unmanageable. But... There are quite a few small presses these days who do accept unsolicited manuscripts. So it's worth looking them up um, because they can be a way of approaching an editor directly if you don't have an agent. So following on from that question from Henry about uh, how a first-time writer should approach editors, 
I was interested to know from you two, what do you think people feel about the publishing industry at the moment? Because there's been quite a lot of conversation over the past few years about things like the so-called gatekeepers. And sometimes there's criticism of publishers when they, you know, they miss out on on the books that then go on to be be really huge successes. What kind of impression do you two have of the publishing industry? As writers who are hoping to be published, do you feel positive about it or... Is there a sense in some way that we're not doing as well as we could be? Well, I guess because I'm a student still, I have quite a positive um, idea of the publishing (laughs) industry because this has been quite a nice experience. And I think that schemes like the short story competition are invaluable because they get people who may have been a bit nervous about approaching an agent or something with work. So I think stuff like that is hugely beneficial um, and it helps to sort of break down that barrier because I guess when you're younger and you're thinking about becoming a writer, it just seems like a totally out-of-this-world idea because they do seem like quite big institutions and you hear about how competitive it is and that you send in a manuscript and an editor won't look at it or laugh at it or something. So um, I think schemes like this are really good and invaluable and sort of just breaking it down. I think the clarity is just helpful to know what's actually going on behind the on the other side of the email. Yes, it's true because... Um... I don't know about you, Henry, but I always had a sense that I always wanted to write, I've always loved writing, but you always assume that a writer is what other people do, and invariably, you know, you think of, without wishing to be all disparaging, you always think there's people who are very white, very middle class, and usually very male, and you just assume that, you know, that's not what I can really get into. So I am encouraged by um, how many other voices are being published, how many more narratives are coming to the fore. On a personal level, I still think there could be more, but there could always be more. There could always be more stories from different sections of society. But I do think that we're heading in the, in the right direction now, because at least people are talking about it. At least there are competitions like this that are saying that we need to actually find these stories. And it's not necessarily that these stories are, you know, just about Jamaicans or Asian people. I and mean, like, writers of a black and minority ethnic background don't just tell stories about their own people but I think they do have a perspective that is different of course it's different so yeah I think it's great that publishing houses are doing more to find those voices um just need to continue oh yeah no I think you're absolutely right and that's really interesting to hear the way you describe it and particularly that you've always wanted to write but you felt the writing was something done by other people I think that really expresses part of the problem with the situation, which, as you say, it's about that feeling of being allowed Mm -hmm. to write, which is, yeah, really, really important. And hopefully things are starting to change. Oh, definitely. I mean, look at people like Marlon James, who are basically writing about people, but writing basically in his own, you know, in dialect. And that's not a turn-off. And people realise, actually, that's not a turn-off. If it's a good story, people are prepared to actually grit their teeth and get their heads around the dialect. And also, there's, there's always been people like Zadie Smith, who, not always, but for a long time, she was up there as a young woman writing about people who she just saw around her every single day. And it was just exciting and new and fresh. You kind of thought, actually, yeah, people do want to hear about, you know, the narratives of me and my neighbours. Thank you so much for listening to New Voices. We hope this was helpful to you no matter where you are on your writing journey. The Guardian and Fourth Estate Short Story Prize is an annual competition to find writing talent from the BAME community. 
If you'd like to apply, keep an eye on our Fourth Estate Twitter and on our website, www.fourthestate.co.uk. Entries will open in the new year.